Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll let Coach open it up with a few comments, and then raise your hand if you have a question, we'll get the mic to you. Um, you know, just to, to recap this past Saturday's game, I uh, want to thank our fans. Uh, there was uh, a ton of burnt, burnt orange there uh, in NRG. Uh, really neat atmosphere. I think anytime you have a chance to go play in a pro stadium, it uh, um, you know, juices our guys up a little bit. Uh, and proud of our team uh, for uh, responding, not just on Saturday, but the way they went about their business um, in terms of the, the week of preparation. Very um, very businesslike and and very mature. Um, injury update: uh, the three guys you, you're probably all going to want to know about: Zach Shackelford, Colin Johnson, and Joseph Osai are all probable. Um, Zach will be fairly limited in practice today. Uh, Joseph Osai uh, sprained his shoulder; he'll, he'll put a brace on in practice today, and, and Colin will, or not today. I'm sorry, tomorrow. Uh, and uh, Colin will practice tomorrow as well. Questions? questions? Raise your hand if you have a question. Start up front with Dennis. Coach, can you just, uh, from a defensive standpoint going into this, uh, it's a total victory poison kind of game. What what do you concentrate on more? Is it just you got to stop everything? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, I've used the phrase before, you know, it's the scene from Armageddon, right? Scariest environment imaginable. That's all you had to say, scariest environment imaginable. So, um, you know, they've got the nation's leading rusher. They've got an all-American wide receiver. They've got a quarterback that can not only throw it uh, to that receiver, but is a threat with his uh, running ability, too. So um, it's going to be a challenge for sure, but you you can't... um, you can't sell your soul, I guess, to to stop one because they're so proficient in in the other that um, you just got to be sound. In the middle, Ed. Coach, uh, fourth quarter, defense gave up some points against Rice, but you had the big lift with the kickoff return. Does that put a better taste in your mouth going into this week in practice by ending Rice's game on an up note with a big kickoff return? No. I mean, I, a couple things. I mean, we were – Score was 38 nothing. I think we outgained them 467 yards to 112, and they crossed the 50-yard line one time going into the fourth quarter when we when we put all of our backups in. So, um, you know, some of those guys that were playing, you know, were, were on the scout team in the week's preparation. So um, there wouldn't have been a bad taste uh, in our mouth for sure. But um, I do want to say I think it, it's a testament to to our our players and and their culture um, you know the scores 38 whatever it was 13 minute and change left um, you know and we jog, I mean we got starters that are that are on that team that jog out there and they're 
fighting like it's and, and blocking like it's the opening kickoff of the Super Bowl. That's how in, intense they were, and um, you don't see that a lot in, at many places in the country. That um, the game is certainly decided. You got to jog a special team uh, in there uh, to take care of business. I mean, it, we could have easily told Deshaun to fair catch it, or you know, guys could have certainly taken the playoff and. I'm just really proud of how hard they, they played on that play. On the far right, Jeff, brought in a lot of guys who recruiting for defensive back talent. One of your starters was a guy who let's see what you got here in Chris Brown. What's, what were your first impressions of Chris when you arrived, and what has he done to solidify his spot as a starter here on this defense? Uh, playmaker. Uh, got great instincts. Uh, physical, but, but had a, a lot of... Um, development uh, to go in terms of, um, you know, he's he's not going to grow, you know, he's not going to get any taller, so we needed to make sure that um, he was as strong and as um, prepared to withstand the, the physicality of that position, um, but, you know, we I think we all knew very early that, you know, he had a knack for the football and, um, you know, wasn't afraid to throw his body around. Coach, uh, obviously you've known of Mike Gundy, you know, for years. You've coached against him at least twice here. Um, what, are, what are some of the attributes, you know, of a, of a Mike Gundy coach team, and what do you think he does so well year in and year out for his program to always be so competitive? Uh, well, he's, he's obviously uh, – done a really good job of, of two things one is evaluating talent in recruiting um, and you know recognizing uh, some diamonds in the rough uh, and then he develops the, the heck out of, out of his guys you know and um, they, they've had a lot of skilled athletes go on um, to get drafted uh, so I, I think when you think of him that's what you think of is, is talent evaluation uh, on the recruiting end, and then development once they get there, and then obviously his offenses speak for themselves. On your right, center. Um, yes, Jason Bravers, you were over here thinking about Lerv, Oliver Brown, CD Lamb. This timeline along is a beast, though. How does he stack up against those guys? Oh, I don't. I never want to get into comparing players. I don't think that's fair to anybody, but. Um, I know he's really good, and I know he's a preseason All-American for, for a reason. They don't, um, they don't give those distinctions to guys that are, that are bums. So he's really, really good. He, he's as complete a receiver as we'll, we'll see in terms of his route-running ability, separation ability, speed, uh, and then the really cool part is when you, you watch his game, you know, he's a... He's a ferocious blocker too, which um, you know, for a receiver of his talent, is is rare to see, and um, we certainly respect that about him. Back in the middle, Brian. Yeah, Tom from the uh, from the good problem department. Uh, is there a way to, or have you started thinking about how can you get Jake and Devin on the field at the same time? Um, why do we need to? I don't know. I mean, I'm asking, would anybody consider that? Well, sure. Follow up on Jake Smith. Then. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, just what do you think of how you start? You know, uh, just like Devin, he's catching everything that's thrown to him. Seems like. Yeah. How, we, how, how do you feel he's done? Uh, 
great. Um, you know, he was not an early enrollee, so you know his first taste of college football was training camp, and um, it certainly hit him like a shovel to the face. Um, but but he, he made it through um, those dog days of training camp, and um, you know, just re- really proud of our staff too for you know not panicking when all those running backs went down and. And saying, well, this is a kid that, that played a lot of running back in high school because it just it would have stunted his growth significantly at at the slot receiver position. And so, um, you know, we, we still keep it fairly simple for him. We don't ask him to memorize the entire offense just yet. But um, um, really pleased with his toughness and um, uh, you know his dependability. Actually, along those lines, how would you describe the internal discussion about do you move him to run back or keep him there? Was it? It was an educated discussion. I mean, it was a you know there was. I don't think anybody was standing on the table one way or the other and passionate. Yeah, pounding the table. I mean, we were just talking through best scenarios, and um, you know, felt like Roshan had the the body type. Roshan rushed for I don't know how many yards he did in high school so um, he knew the offense and so even though he was had never played that position you know the cost benefit um, was much more slanted to benefit on Roshan's side than than Jake's. And then then we'll talk about the running backs do you just getting Daniel back and I assume a full week of practice do you just feel much more relieved about that position now, um, even though you would want all five of them back, I'm sure. Yeah, but you, we do. Uh, you know, it'll. We've got to have some discussions on then. You know what what we do with David Benda moving forward if um, if Danny stays healthy. So um, you know to to have you know two scholarship running backs and and a third converted quarterback playing that position very well. Um, Allows you to take a deep breath a little bit in terms of the crazy contingency plans that, that you know that that we were all trying to dream up. Middle Roger. Following up on Brian's set of questions, Keanu uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ingram is admittedly. I've got the mic. I'm using. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have that. I'm still using. Keontae's <laughs> admittedly tough on himself. Is that a good trait? Is that a, a unique trait? Do you have to tell them, hey, don't be so hard on yourself sometimes? Yes, um, to all of that. It, it is a good trait. Uh, he's very self-critical, and every successful person in life, um, that I know at least, is, is very self-aware and self-critical. Um, the challenge with him is, is obviously not letting not letting two mistakes follow one. Not letting, um, hey, I, I missed the hole on, on this run, so now I'm thinking about it, and I missed the hole on the next run, uh, run. And so we just talk to them all the time about, you know, you're going to go 0-1 every now and again. Um, the, the the mark of a, of a champion, the mark of a, an elite player is not going 0-2. You know, is to is to bounce back, learn from it, and immediately flush it and move on. And uh, I thought he did that really well because I, 
personally, I didn't think he started the Rice game really well. Um, you know, he had a few, um, you know, misreads and impatience, and, and he was impatient uh, a couple times early, and I was really keeping a close eye on him, and he bounced back and, and wound up having a really good game for us. So I was, I was really proud of him for, for that, to, to not only how he went about the week, but then to how the game started. And then, you know, after those first couple runs, he really, really bounced back and, and had one of his better games. In the back, Craig? I was curious if we get your thoughts on the other running back. Uh, I saw Chuba uh, Hubbard just named Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. You've seen him before. You know, does, does his style and, and the way that he runs emulate others that you've seen, even though you've had to deal with him before? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Again, not, I don't get into comparing players. I, I just think his vision is really good. You know, he's—I uh, think they list him at six foot, six foot one. Uh, you know, two two oh seven. So he's um, he's got some good strength and size to him. Um, the offensive line is is playing really well in front of him. Um, but just the the thing that stands out is his vision and and the ability to be going this way, but see that the hole's there and and make an immediate cutback or be going this way and see that the play is to bounce at him. I mean, he his decision-making with the ball in his hands is is really, really good. Are you far left? Chip? Tom, can you give us an update on B.J. Foster and DeMarvey and Overshawn? And, um, how would you rate your team's past defense through the non-conference and where have you seen progress? Um... Yeah, BJ and, and DeMarvion will both be out this week. Um, our, our goal for both of them would be uh, the week after the bye week. Uh, and then the, the pass defense, you know, tough measuring stick on, on Saturday against Rice in terms of the style of offense. Um, but when our ones were in there, I, I thought did a did a good job against the pass. Um, and we're... we're I mean, we are what our stats say we are. You know, the, the La Tech game was not near as concerning to me simply because they, they had to throw the ball 54 times, and a lot of those came against our, our twos and threes uh, at the end of the game. Um, but we, we've got to do a better job against these, these, the elite teams like um, the LSUs of the world. Um, you know, we, we've got to do better. And I think... Uh, we have been. You know, every experience is a learning experience. Uh, no player is a, a finished product ever, uh, and they continue to, to learn. And uh, the good thing is I haven't seen the same mistake over and over again, uh, which is good, and we just need to keep coaching every technique and, and scenario. Back middle, Steve. Coach, give us a little insight, if you will, into the film room yesterday. Looking at the film, I mean, when you're you dominated as well as y'all did, can you still use that film as a teaching tool as compared to something against the LSU where there's no mistakes made? Oh, yeah, I, I think, and, and you don't you don't always have to learn from mistakes. You can learn from things that you did well. Um, you know, the, the, the two biggest takeaways for me on both sides of the ball were um, – how uh, how well we handled such a multiple defense um, 
for the most part. And they, they got their TFLs, and, and we kind of knew going in that, you know, as um, as multiple as they are, that, that might happen once or twice. But uh, we did well on third down. And so all those things, um, you know, if, if you're good at something, enhance it. You know, if you're, if you're not good at something, figure out a way to fix it. And um, so was proud of that. And then on defense, just um, how physical we were uh, and then how dis- disruptive the, the front three guys were. They were, I thought, Taquan Graham might have had his best game uh, at, at Texas. And then, obviously, Keandre and Malcolm um, uh, continue to be disruptive. Your left game. How did your number one line grade out against Rice? And secondly, I know you guys didn't have much choice when it came to playing Derek as a true freshman, but how important was that redshirt year to the development of Sam and Junior? Oh, yeah. I mean, they graded out well. I don't. I don't know what the percentage was, but good enough to have 500 yards of offense and uh, 38 points. Um, yeah, it's. Um, you know, if you ask Kerstetter, I'm sure he would tell you, uh, you know, he wished he would have been able to redshirt. Um, uh, but there's pros and cons. Obviously, he got to he got to be in, you know, it was trial by fire for him, and, and he was better because of it. But the, the redshirt for Junior and Sam were kind of both for different reasons. Uh, for, for Sam, it was obviously he needed to, to put on some weight. Um and for junior, it was just a transition from a, a triple option offense in, in high school to um, to what we were asking him to do. But he came in pretty physically um, there, uh, which is why you know a year and a half with Coach McKnight and his crew, you know, it's it was an easy decision to to throw him in there as a redshirt freshman. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't have much to expound upon that. I mean, yeah, the, the confidence level is as high as it's been and, and, and should be um, because of how, how hard and how well these guys have trained. Um, and, yeah, I, I think the first couple years there was, um, I think we're going to win. And instead of, hey, we, we, we put in the work, we've got a great week of preparation, we go out and play our best, we're going to win. Anything else? Middle Roger. <laughs> Coach, Sam's in some, some rarefied air through three games with, with his numbers and what he's doing. What do you like most about what you've seen from him through three games? Um, just his, his control of the offense. You know, I mean, completion percentages are great and all that stuff, but just knowing where to go, uh, getting us out of bad plays and into better ones, um, and then being on time uh, with his throws. You know, it's 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 a testament to him, to be honest with you, that you know we were, um, you know, the Sunday after uh, last week's game, 
you know, we were like, yeah, Sam, you know, it probably wasn't his best game. And you look up, he's got 400 yards of total offense and five touchdowns. And you're talking about that being, you know, not his best game. Um, so we have very high expectations of him. He, he has that of himself. Um, but the thing that stands out the most certainly is the just his, his management of the game. Last one on your left, Chip. Um, Tom, how would you say your tight ends are playing? I think he has three catches through three games. Um, and the importance of Joseph Osai to this defense thus far? Yeah, I think the tight ends are playing great. They've, uh, you know, both Cade and Reese graded out as champions. Um, you know, they're uh, blocking their tails off. They're, um, you know, getting involved in the throw game when we need them to. Um, but they, they have been um, an asset, certainly, in the run game. Um, and then, yeah, Joe is Joe's, Joe and, and Keandre are kind of the energizer bunnies on, on that side of the ball. They're, they just go so hard all the time. And, and Joe is um, extremely athletic but, um, and, and has a great skill set. But the thing that you, you really notice and the thing that stands out is just how hard he plays. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Thank you.